Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're very welcome to your what episode is this? Sixth, I think sixth. Yeah, sixth episode with your Alhamdulillah we're consistent. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. What's your program? Out of ignorance, guys. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I would like to welcome our guest, Muhammad. Muhammad Muntasar. Is that correct? That's right. Muhammad Muntasar Mahmoud. Muhammad Muntasar Mahmoud. He's our brother from another mother. Yeah. And this guy is outstanding, man. This guy is. Uh, Masha, I think if people know that you should know him. You probably don't know him by Facebook. You probably heard his name before. I think a lot of the a lot of our community know Muhammad, and they know him by the guy who uh, got 625 points in his no, league. No, no, not only that. Not only that. It was like eight subjects, like all A's, you know. Eight subjects, always. 12, 12 people? Uh, yeah, 12 people in the country. Got that, yeah. But before we start talking about that, let's, let's, <laughs> let's know a bit about yourself, Mohammed. Yeah? Sure. Introduce <laughs> yourself, go ahead. It's, it's yourself. So, yeah, my name is Mohammed. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Um, like I said, um, uh, these guys introduced me by how many people know me, but um, obviously I'm 20 years old um, from Sudan. I'm currently studying medicine in Trinity. Just finished surgery, alhamdulillah. And I hope to uh, have an interesting conversation with my brother today. Inshallah. Inshallah. And as, as most of you know, he's Sudanese, so the first thing that comes to mind is that he's a doctor studying medicine. <laughs> and that is correct, he's studying medicine, Mashallah. Yeah. Your father's a doctor as well, isn't he? And, uh, most of the uh, Sudanese like, uh, adults who come to Ireland are, uh, happen to be doctors. Mashallah, like, oh, okay. Mashallah. Your mother is a doctor too. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Mm. See, everyone's in the family. Mother, father, and. Uh, Wait, are you, are, you, are you the only sibling? No, no, I have two younger siblings. Two younger oh, so you're the oldest? Yeah. MashaAllah. I love boys. Ball hmm? boys, yeah. All boys, all boys, yeah. Listen, hmm? since your father is a doctor, your mother is a doctor, is it a condition for you to get married to a doctor? <laughs> do, you, do you have to keep the trend? The, the no, no, my, uh, my parents actually tried to convince me not to go into medicine. Uh, they were like... What? They, they tried to convince me not to become a doctor. Um, well, I decided that was something I wanted to do, so I pursued it myself. Why, 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 why do you think that? They, um, I think it's like they just want something different, you know. They don't want everyone in the house to be doing the yeah. same thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something like I looked into it and it's something I actually want to do. So alhamdulillah, I'm in it now and I enjoy it. Um, so I'm glad I got into it. Yeah, we were saying you got like uh, mm-hmm. a eight H. Was it H ones when you uh, was yeah, yours? it was the first year that yeah. we, eight H ones. Yeah. Inshallah. And uh, but how was that like? You were telling me earlier that you didn't have a phone for like two years or something like that? Yeah, my, uh, my mom basically took my, phone, my smartphone off me for uh, the start of fifth year. And I was left with one of those, you know, I think they're called trap phones. Like they call yeah. the text on the phone. Yeah, the buckets. So yeah, I had that for fifth year and sixth year. Uh, it, the first like couple of weeks is pretty difficult to get like, used to not having that, you know, the access to social media all the time and so on. But eventually you get used to it and I think I'm glad. Uh, like looking back on it, I'm happy that my mom did that to me. Do you think, what, what, you went to uh, Ash, Ash? Ashfield, yes. Do Ash you think you, you got the same results if you went to a different school? Uh, to be honest, it, the deciding factor isn't the school you go to. You know, you could go to an average school and do really well. And there's many people who go to these like really expensive private schools and do really poorly on their exams. Really? Um, it, they, yeah, they're like low. I just assume yeah. every they all just get five hundred. No, 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 definitely not. There's no? Uh, it's the bell curve everywhere. You know, there's people who do really well, people who do really poorly, people who are average. The deciding factor is the work you put in. You know, if you're dedicated and no matter where you go, you're gonna do well, inshallah. So I think what 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 you had is that you knew what you wanted to do. Like for example, people in yeah. fifty, like people now in college and third year college, they, they still don't know what you want, <laughs> they want to do. 
But you you already had that mindset. Do you think because you knew what you wanted to do was easier? It definitely helped because uh, I had a goal to work towards. And once you have that, it's you know it's motivational. You know, if you know what you want and you have something to work towards, you can you're motivated to work towards it. Inshallah. Well, I ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Would you say if you if your parents weren't educated, would you have the same drive? Mm. Uh, my parents were involved in sort of, or my mom specifically was uh, involved in like motivating me. Um, but uh, it's difficult to say, uh, like where motivation comes from. Is it from? Is it genetic, or is it from your environment, or is it a combination of both of them? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think, like from a, coming from a educated family, at least the child being more educated. You know what I'm trying to say compared to a family that. See, the edu- reason, yeah, yeah. sorry, Ford, but the reason why I'm asking that is because, as you both probably know, in the hair scheme. One of the things that uh, make you eligible to get the hair scheme is that if you're if you come from a family that's not educated, yeah. and if your area is known to be, uh, you know what I mean, like a council area or oh. something like that, you know, and then also uh, if your income is below a certain, you know what I mean, and like f- with the hair scheme, like it helps students that get lower marks, yeah. lower uh, yeah lower marks to get into like really high yeah. uh, thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, once again I was living shit on a gym. Uh, I think it's. Parents that are not knowledgeable, not as in like educated themselves that didn't go to college or university or have a profession. I think their children, it's harder for them to ha- put that motivation in their child. Do you think? Or, or? Um, I think having that environment definitely helps. Like, you know, if, like your parents would be able to sort of talk to you and give you advice. Um, they'd be able to sort of pay for you to give grinds and things like that. Um, so definitely people who have that background would be at an advantage but that's not to say that if you don't if your parents aren't of that background that uh, it's impossible for you you know yeah. if, you work, if you put in the effort anything's possible you know 100% 100% yeah because I know I know people bro that their parents let's say alcoholics you know their father is doing madness their mother is a loser you know what I mean and it's harsh to say but like I've met people that are like that and that taught them to stay away from it you understand? Mm-hmm. I give the, gave them to drive to, so that they, they were like, I'm never going to be like my parents. You know, I, know, you know I mean? I, it reminds me of this thing I saw on uh, Facebook or, not Facebook, Instagram or something like that. So there's this, uh, it was a short video and it was this, these twins, yeah, and they had a father and the father was an alcoholic. Like, he used to be the mom, just drink every day, stuff like that. So these twins, they grew up, yeah, and they just, they checked up on one of the twin. One twin was a, uh, successful really successful doing really well for himself and the other twin was an alcoholic as well and they asked each of them the qu- a question they asked the guy the, f- the, the one who was successful they asked him why are you like this he said I learned from my father yeah because his father was an alcoholic he didn't want to be like him and they asked the other guy who was an alcoholic why are you like this he said I learned from my father so it depends on depending on the way you look at things yeah it can shape the way you are yeah so if uh, like for example, in that example, you know your father was an alcoholic and he did something bad. You move away from me. <laughs> what do you want to say? No, there's uh, an interesting. That's an interesting example of uh, nature versus nurture. You know, whether yeah. like your your genes, what you inherit. So in that example, the twins would they're identical genetically, and they would have grown up in the same environment. So they'd have the same nurture, but that isn't the only sort of, they're not the only two factors that decide like what you become basically mm-hmm. make what you make out of life it's what you like the circumstances you're given and what you make of those circumstances you know there's certain things that like would help you and push you towards um you know developing in a certain way but at the end of the day it's your own drive you know and how you basically respond to the 
situation and the environment that you put in. Right? 100%, 100%. Let me shift this conversation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Since at the end of the day we are an Islamic podcast. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Muhammad, mm-hmm. when it comes to seeking worldly knowledge, for example, like uh, medicine, you could, of course, you know, with your intention, you can make an act of worship. You know what I mean? If you're doing it for the right reasons. But how would you be balanced between that or prioritize between that and then studying your religion, you're studying your deen? Studying for, like, for worldly knowledge is, can be an act of ibadah, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you, for example, any kind of knowledge is beneficial. Would, um, like, only there's a hadith that says that uh, one of the actions that would benefit you once you die is knowledge that people benefit from, right? And obviously, if you, for example, if you develop new treatments or if you, if you're, I don't know, you build, like, a, a hospital or a school or something that people benefit from, that's knowledge that people benefit from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so worldly knowledge can be basically you can change you can manipulate the intention for it in order to, for you to get uh, hasanat for it. Yeah. But kind of strictly Islamic knowledge things like fiqh, aqidah, and all that. Um, I suppose it's not obligatory on everyone to sort of become a, a really deep scholar yeah, and know all of these basically intricacies and details and all of that. But as well as just knowing the basics, you know, uh, the salah, the salam, the siyam of Ramadan, the zakat, the basically the the basic foundations of the deen and I guess if you have your own free time you can there's obviously many resources you can uh, you can use there's you know things on there's you can go to a mosque and ask one of your imams to teach you or you can search up online there's many sort of useful uh, videos on YouTube that would teach you about that but I suppose it's your own basically motivation as long as you have that um, that basic foundation you can develop that more if you want, uh, to whatever extent you desire, essentially. Yep. That's what I want um, to ask you a question that might catch you on the spot, because obviously we didn't do any preparation. We usually just get our guests, and then <laughs> yeah. we just bombard them with questions, you know what I mean? And then Put as the conversation... On the back foot. Let's, yeah. let's expose them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's good, because most of the time, these conversations are the most yeah. entertaining, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, since obviously you're Muslim, Alhamdulillah, you're a practicing Muslim, and you know a bit of, about your religion, Knowing this bit about your religion and being able to study, uh, you know, like medicine or whatever, whatever it may be, how do you think you can use that to benefit the ummah? Yeah. For example, like I, I'm studying science. For me, one of the main things that pushed me to study science was actually watching Zakir Naik. Mm. You know what I mean? So the Anbiya, verse 21. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 24. Allah is, mashallah, mashallah. some memory, mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. May Allah bless him and reward him for all the work he does. That pushed me to study science, bro, because... It showed me that there's so much evidence you can use by studying some something that is considered secular. You know what I mean? To back up Islam, you understand? And also, as you said, come up with things that will benefit people, and then that will be an act of ibadah. You get hasanat from it. You know what I mean? You studying medicine, and let's say being a practicing Muslim. What's the difference between a practicing Muslim that studied that studies medicine and knows about his religion, and a practicing Muslim? Uh, that studies medicine and doesn't know much about his religion. How you practicing Muslim you don't know about your religion? You see, the thing is, there is practicing Muslims because okay. they consider practicing is just praying and okay, doing okay. your They're doing the basics, you understand? But they don't know much about... Because I, I personally I personally met, met doctors that, let's say, that go to Hajj and they've went into Hajj and stuff like that and they fast and they pray, but they don't know much about their, their religion. And they're very different to the doctors that do understand the religion and have knowledge. Okay. They have shari'i knowledge, you understand? I, I'm just, the reason why I'm asking Muhammad is because he's studying medicine now. And I want to see if he has encountered such a, such a thing, you know, you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh, I can't think of any particular example like that where I have like that contrast between one and the other. But mm-hmm. um, it is something that can, isn't, that, that can be basically um, 
put into an Islamic context. Uh, there was a quote from Imam al-Shafi, who uh, I think once said that, I know no knowledge that's more like honorable or more noble than fiqh, uh, than medicine, right? And many of these scholars in the past who were basically, they were knowledgeable in uh, Islamic matters, uh, they were polymaths, they, weren't, like, they didn't restrict themselves to religious knowledge, they had secular knowledge as well. Um, so there's no basically conflict, there's no reason where you restrict yourself to one field and not basically go into others. You can combine everything and then inshallah yeah. you can um, be one of these polymaths, you know, the next... Do you know that, uh, Let's say polymath. Polymath. Uh, yeah. It's somebody who's an expert in many different fields. Imam yeah. Ahmed is a doctor, do you know that? Yeah. Who? Imam Ahmed. Imam Ahmed, mashallah. And a lot, of, a lot of the Muslim scholars, as you said, they are polymaths, they have... They, they, like, they seek worldly knowledge and do you realize that a lot of people come to them for uh, worldly things as well other than like Sharia knowledge you know what I mean knowledge of Sharia uh, Muhammad advice for the youngers that are studying their leaving cert um, so for those of you going into fifth year I'd say look into the basically your subject options and pick the subjects that you enjoy and that because if you enjoy something you're more likely to study it and put in the effort for it um, so Essentially, like two subjects that you'd enjoy, but also ones that you would uh, like talk to people who have already gone through the leaving cert and kind of get like an idea of what each subject entails. Because certain subjects, for me, example, I did geography, and I wouldn't personally. I know this is, <laughs> the old geography teachers would uh, kind of come after me for this, but I wouldn't. Rec it was I enjoyed it, and it was an interesting subject, but I wouldn't recommend somebody to do it because there's a whole lot of content in it. Yeah. There's a lot of memorization, and it takes up a lot of your time. Um, so you wouldn't kind of know that by not like you know talking to people who had already gone through um gone through the demon cert so i'd say ask people ask older people um and get advice from everyone look into uh things on your own and um yeah kind of in combine all that with your own likes and dislikes and what you think what you find easy and yeah basically pick your subjects wisely that's what i'd say um take my advice or like what if i think mentioned at the beginning of uh kind of you know restricting your sort of social media and your uh, kind of smartphone use and everything Maybe not, you might not necessarily have to give it up completely, like from fifth year, but I would say definitely in sixth year, try to put your head down, you know? Um, yeah, all of this, like, all of that stuff is there, it's not going to go anywhere, you can always come back to it at the end, you know, it's like, it's, it still exists, um, it doesn't disappear from the face of the world. Um, yeah, so, realize that it's like one year of your life, like sixth year, for example, it's like one year of your life that would sort of influence how the rest of your life comes out, yeah. so it's like, it's a... So small investment basically it's a sacrifice that you're going to that's going to give you you're going to get a return on that investment later on inshallah. so keep that in mind and um, yeah don't get overly stressed and let sort of studying and all of these matters take over your life completely have that balance between everything um it's you know have i don't know go to the gym have a hobby have a sport you play basically manage your time don't let don't let your life be sort of taken over by one thing you know give everything its time and there's a hadith uh, that the Rasul said so give everything that deserves a right it's due right it wasn't said in this particular context but you can basically extract that meaning to apply to this where um, you give everything it's due time and you don't basically let every, you don't overly focus on one particular thing just you know have your balance manage your time and um, yeah it's really not that difficult you know just do your best and you'll do fine inshallah so, so mashallah uh, Muhammad mm -hmm. study medicine now you know a bit about your religion you're 20 <laughs> years old why are you not married bro? <laughs> when I'm married bro? Yeah. Why are not married? You're not married either bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, stop flexing on us. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, honestly, if I was to advise someone that mm. wants to learn his deen, right? 
and wants to dedicate his life to studying his deen, you know what I mean, and wants to benefit the ummah, I would say, as I was speaking to you earlier about it, if you're able to stay away from fitna, you know what I mean, try to try to dedicate your time to seek mm-hmm. knowledge because mm-hmm. when you get married, man, you're going to get distracted a lot. You're going to have to give your your wife her, you know what I mean, her due time, what, what the time she deserves, you know what I mean? Because uh, you as you said, the hadith, that's the context of the hadith. You know what I mean? Because your wife has a right upon you, your child, you know, your family, like you have to dedicate time for them and that's really going to distract you. You know what I mean? So if you're able to stay away from fitna, finish whatever you're doing, and then get married. I think, I think it's hard married. to stay away from fitna today, bro. One hundred percent. But that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if you if you find yourself in a dangerous situation or in the danger zone, or you feel everyone knows themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel like you could potentially get fit, you know what I mean? Tuftin, uh, get married. Definitely get married. You know what I mean? See, it's easy to say that, but for somebody who is genuinely looking for that, it's kind of like where do they begin? You know, where do they go looking? For? Like looking for women. Well, that sounds very cool. <laughs> <creepy. laughs> I feel like I'm being interviewed now. Uh, I'm the guest. Where to start? Wallahi bro, it's very yeah. easy. Can, can you, look, I was engaged to a person from back home first because the general idea that people have, well, I had anyway, before I was practicing, that most of the girls in the West, well, Muslim or non-Muslim, they're butchered. No, no, it's not, it's not true, girls. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. That's what. That's the. That's the. That's the ideology that I had. That's what. That was my mentality. You know what I mean? Because remember, Fahd, what I told you earlier. If you're, if you're, when you're a liar, you're gonna see everyone as a liar. When you're a thief, you're gonna see everyone as a thief. You understand? I was in that environment. I, the people that I was surrounded with were bad people. You understand? So my perception was okay. Most of the girls or most of the people that in the West are butchered. You know what I mean? Can't trust them. Stuff like that. You can't leave the woman. Be alone at home and trust her. You, you understand what I'm trying to say? Therefore, I went back home. I was like, I'm gonna get married from back home. I was engaged then, to be honest with you, bro. I was shocked because most of the Muslim girls in here are much better than the ones back home. It's a generalization, but that's what I seen, bro. Well, lie, that's what I seen. And I'm talking about the practicing ones, bro. Back home changed big times. I'm from Iraq originally, and bro, it changed big times. So how can you give oh my boy? So I'm married now. From I'm, I got married from here. Like he, he's, I, the way I, you I got married community. The, the traditional way is that your mom would know people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your the aunties would know people. They suggest people for you. And then another way, of course, you're in college. I don't want my mom to pick my wife for me. That's I, I don't want that either. You know what I mean? How my, my wife was in college. You know what I mean? You, of, do you of know course, how you made life? Do you know the story? Uh, I, th- I know the vaguely, I can't know all the details, but uh, feel free to... Can I say you know, it? <laughs> <laughs> so we in UCD, Rayfi just uh, uh, given halaqa. Uh, and there's those, after the halaqa, there's those sis- just two sisters asking Rayfi's question. They're really interested in the lecture. So they're asking serious questions. And Rayfi, he used to answer the question. And so the boys, we used to tease Rayfi, oh, you're going to marry one of them, haha. <laughs> tease him, tease him, tease him. Mm-hmm. Then a few months later, maybe we start at the end of the year, school year. Dave said, "Boys, we're getting married." We had to. I found out that the person he was there that was asking questions is the person getting married to. So, <laughs> so that's why. So I was teasing them. So I was like, "Allah, bro, look, that girl I seen her. I seen uh, the first time I seen her was in the mental health conference in UCD. 
was mental uh, something about oh, mental health. My wife is gonna from, watch this as well. From, from an Islamic perspective, <laughs> so so hopefully she so doesn't watch it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> some people are gonna watch it and I'm gonna tell her to watch it. Subhanallah, <laughs> she's always like, oh, don't expose me, don't expose our life and stuff like that. <laughs> but she's like, me on the spot. So the first time I seen her was in a mental health conference in UCD. Uh, and once I seen her, I was really impressed with the way she dressed because I found her very unique. She wore the jilbab. And to be honest with you, bro, I've never seen anyone in Ireland wearing the jilbab. And if I did, it's very rare. Very rare. You know what I mean? Young girl in college, studying in college, in the middle of the fitting, she's dressed in that way, not a, not a spot of makeup on her face. You understand? Nothing. But if we look at the sister. Well, I bro, look, honestly, 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 I did look at her. You know, she did, like, obviously, like, because Prophet Muhammad says, the first look is for you, the second look is against you. You understand? But, like, first look she, is allowed. Because she was, she was asking questions. And I was like, this girl seems like she has a bit of knowledge, you understand? She was asking questions on the spot because the person who was giving the lecture, they didn't seem to believe in gym possession. And she was like, no, we in Islam, gym possession exists and there's evidence for it, you understand? So I was like, who's this? I've never seen her before. And then I noticed the way she dresses. So I was like, mashallah, you understand? Like, uh, I put her in my head at the time because I was thinking of, uh, of marriage, but I knew I wasn't ready. I didn't want to get married until I finished my... Uh, uh, my degree and my parents didn't want me to get married you know what I mean because obviously the first experience wasn't successful they're like Halas, finish your college and then get married afterwards and then um, I seen her more 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 uh, halaqas that came afterwards you know and then it was one day but after that my parents pushed me to get married you know it was when Abu Osama was supposed to come to give the halaqa and then I gave the halaqa instead and I was so excited for Abu Osama to come to Ireland so I told my parents and my younger sister as well to come. And Talha as well, my younger brother, he came as well with his friends. And Were you there? Come. I think you were there. Uh, yes, he, he was there. He was there. Mm. My whole family came. And then I told uh, my dad, I was like, look, uh, that's, that's the girl I wanted, I, I have in mind, you know what I mean? And then my mom seen her as well because she led the prayer for the sisters at the time, you know? And then my mom was like, yeah, go for it. My dad was like, go for it, you know? Well, who led it? Uh, she, my wife did for the sisters at the time you know as far as I remember anyway then they really motivated me and it happened very quickly very quickly so going back to looking for uh, for a uh, spouse or something like that there's many options bro the traditional way you know then obviously you see you know uh, people in, in, in college settings you understand mm. you know and you you like they like their um, what's, what's the word what's the word I'm looking for their sum'a what's sum'a in English reputation their reputation is out there people know them yeah. you understand you can ask people about them is, is this girl good obviously the, like the, 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 the like their appearance that gives an idea I although not 100% accurate that. all the time you know and then the reputation is another thing you know and then just go for the kill bro go straight through the front door you no, know no, no, just kill yeah. <laughs> no bro just go straight, straight through the front door you know what I mean go to the wali listen I'm interested she, you know of course obviously ask is she married is she thinking about marriage before you know what I mean because it's, it'll be no I asked if she if the girl was married and then I found out she wasn't married you know and then um what I done is, what I done is, uh, one of the sisters in Isaac. I yeah, asked her because at the start, to be honest with you, when I proposed for my wife, I didn't know how old she was, I didn't know where she was from, I didn't know her name, I didn't even know her name to be honest. You know, Alhamdulillah, we kept it one hundred percent halal, and that's something that I'm very happy about. You know, because a lot of uh, the marriages that start in haram way, Allah doesn't place barakah in them, and they end up fighting and stuff like that. Alhamdulillah, it was one hundred percent halal. I didn't know her name, I didn't know how old she was, I didn't know where she was from, and then I asked one of the sisters in Isaac. You know, and then I remember uh, I was like to her, uh, do you have such and such sister's number? And she said, yes. 
well, do you want it? Should I give it to you? I was like, just ask, take permission. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to give it to my mom and then my mom can contact her and stuff like that. And then she's like, she asked my wife, uh, this guy, he wants your number. Or he's asking about your number. And she's like, I can give him my dad's number. <laughs> I can give him my dad's number. And then after that, I was like, okay, this is the girl. That's the girl that I want to marry, you know? Uh, and then one time I seen her was, do you know um, the human appeal dinner and the charity yeah. dinner in ICSI? Yeah. I remember all, all the sisters that I know and I've seen in the community, you know what I mean? Uh, they dressed up and they put makeup on and stuff like that. And subhanAllah, when I seen my wife before, obviously before we got married, same girl, not a spot of makeup on her, the same jilbab, you know what I mean? And I was like, I, I was like, I'm gonna get married to this girl, inshallah, you know what I mean? Oh Allah, please make her my wife, you know? Uh, as I said, a lot of girls, they have the idea that when they dress up and when they, you know, they, they, they dress up in an attractive way, they would get the attention of the opposite gender and they get a potential spouse, husband, you know what I mean? But in fact, I think that's, it, that's, that, 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 was the lost, that would work for lust. Like, okay, you look nice, but. It works for lust, it works for people that want to play around with you, people that want to have fun temporarily, but when it comes to serious situations, I don't think so. So, I don't think are, so. are you thinking of marriage? To be honest, it's not something that's on the top of my mind. I want to just take it easy, let it come naturally. When it comes, it comes, you know? I'm not like actively sort of making it my top priority. I know, but save a sister comes in, I want to marry this brother. It happens. It happens, doesn't it? It happens, bro. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, he knows. Like I said, I'm just taking it easy if something like that happens, and yeah, but uh, I think at this stage I want to just like, you know, finish my college, you know, get like, I have like better priorities at the moment, you know, and I want to just like enjoy my life, take it easy, and then when it comes, it comes to Jalla, let it be natural. Sure. Whether it's now or later, just, you know, but watch, you, see what you, Especially being in college, you found like uh, the, the, the relations between boys and girls is so different, especially in college, yeah? Mm. Like, how do, how do we how do we handle that situation? The fit and the all around us. How do you keep boundaries? How do you basically? keep boundaries? Like, like find. Like, You've been involved in the MSA, haven't you? Uh, not very actively. Like I was involved in sort of organizing a few events, but uh, <laughs> it was a fly. <laughs> he wasn't just like do that, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I was there for a bit, yeah. Like just involved in some of the organizing the events and mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, yeah. Just one thing to clarify, when I said he knows, I didn't mean anything haram, you know, I just said that because he knows what I'm talking about, you know, and it's nothing haram, you know, and Allah, Allah is a witness, you know, we're not trying to promote anything haram, in fact, we're trying to tell people to stay away from haram things and keep it 100% halal, that's where the barakah is, as, as that little kid says in the, vir in the video that went viral, I'm, I'm halal like the chicken from the butcher, <laughs> that video? Yeah, it's a guy basically, yeah. uh, it's a little kid who's being yeah. yeah, remember <laughs> So, go back to the question. How do you keep boundaries? I suppose, you know, it's not like... Islam doesn't completely forbid, like, you know, you talking to anyone from the opposite gender. Obviously, it's like, you know, respect and just normal, just like talking normally. But uh, I think everyone, like, knows yourself. If you see something that could lead to haram, obviously, you know, just put your foot down. Like, that's what I said. I think this one thing that's yeah. so hard, yeah. Mm. Is it, especially in the 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 college sentence shaking the non the opposite sex gender? Uh, <laughs> the opposite sex, especially a college lecture. That's fitness, mm. bro. It's this this one say, hey, hey, for they put your hand up, like do you shake? You shouldn't shake it. I think to be honest, there is. It's definitely prefer. I might be wrong, but this is like her my view on it. It's definitely not uh, like it's something that you should sort of avoid if you can. 
But in a situation like that, there's no sort of intention of, like, you know, of lust or sort of desire behind it, right? And it has no meaning behind it. It's literally just a handshake. So you just, I guess you should try to avoid it if you can. But if you're on the spot, right, and someone has their hand in front of you, it's, it's just rude, you know, to be honest, you just like to say no. So, but it's haram though. And they need, to, they need to know, you need to let them know. Is, Look, I'm not saying this, when I say this, it may make me seem like, oh, oh I'm solid, I'm very so, strong, you know what I mean? Wallah, bro, this is one of the hardest things for me. It is. This is one of the hardest things for me, and one of the things that made me happy about Corona is that there's no shit. <laughs> Wallah, bro, me and my wife, we were looking for a place everywhere, and everywhere we go, it's a man, uh, most of the time, actually, no, everywhere we go, it's a man that, uh, you know, brings us for, uh, for viewing. He shakes my hand, he puts his hand out from my wife, and my wife says no. He feels so awkward and we don't get the place. Oh, Although we're like, like, we know, I know we made a good impression, you know? And we have like a very good application, you know? And then when Corona, th- when Corona came, alhamdulillah, we got this place where the podcast is being shot right now, you know? Because the, the handshake is gone. So, when it, it's the hardest thing for me, bro, but... You know, it's like rules are rules, you understand? I know it's haram because Prophet Muhammad says, a man, uh, like you would rather be hit with a metal, uh, uh, with an iron uh, needle, with an iron needle in your head rather than you touching uh, an ammaharam from the opposite gender. You know right, right, but in the hadith, is, right, the word touch I think used is masa, uh, which has basically a connotation of a lustful touch, not necessarily like any kind of touch at all. Uh, it's something I looked into before, uh, but look, basically the default, like, like I said, I could be wrong, I could I stand to be corrected, but from what I've like seen from looking at many different videos on this and everything is that it's definitely something that you should avoid if you can. There are some scholars who say that it's like it's haram, but there is also like another opinion that says it's disliked, but in a situation where it's like a necessity, I guess just like do it, but know that it's not like I think that's I, I, I don't think, I, think I don't think it would be a necessi- necessity in anything. All you have to do mm. is say I think the only mm. problem is we're shy to say it. Yeah. We can't mm. shake hands. I think, I think if it's known, if it becomes general knowledge that Muslims can't shake, if we make that, and we can make it general knowledge, yeah. there'll be no problem at all. And it's not really offensive because if you think about it, the queen, the queen is not allowed to shake no one's hand. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's you know. Our ladies are queens as well, so. Our ladies are more than queens, bro. We treat our ladies more than queens. You, know? even, you understand even. what I'm trying to say? It's not, it's actually exact opposite. It's out of respect for them. Mm. You, you see them as sacred, for example, yeah, to an extent you understand. I see that, but how like, would you basically... In a, that, how would you say, how that, would you want that? that? Educate them. This is why you're... The times I, I'm able to do, I don't... Sorry, sorry, I can't do. My religion doesn't permit me. I, um, I put my hand like this. Yeah. I don't know, gesture or something like that. But I just don't go like that. But I say it like in a soothing voice. I'm like, I apologize, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I try to be as polite. But like, I think I mentioned this in the first podcast. In college, it's everybody's just, hey, everybody hugging each other. Just just being normal to them, yeah? But I remember in like, maybe like after like a month of college, I told the people, okay, you can't touch me. We can't hug. We can't shake she hands. Can't. We can't do anything. It's not, it's not permitted in my religion. The first thing they said to me, wait, you can't do it. How come the other guys can do it? Yeah. Like, the other, if, if you start practicing... But when, they, when she said the other guys, she was referring to other Muslims. Other Muslims. Mm. Other Muslims. Mm. How, mm. How, mm. how come you're doing that? I said, everybody's at their own level. Yeah? Mm. But it's, in my religion, it's not allowed. Yeah? But like they said, yeah, when I start, uh, when I start uh, following these rules yeah, that my religion set for me, they used to go to me on foot. You're like a button, a red button that I can't press, but I just want to press it. So I was like, they want to hold my hand. So, so it's instead of that, you just move away from them. It's, a, it's better. Hmm. And to be honest with you, I noticed the girls, um, 
uh, what you call it, in the community, in the African community anyway, they really respect that because he made it very clear, you understand? He made it very clear to them, I can't touch you, we need to keep boundaries. Yeah. Like sometimes you're forced to work together, projects or whatever it is, but he made it clear and they really respected that. Like, you understand? Like what if they really respected that, they didn't take it the wrong way. I think, I start, think like, I start, they taught us to talk about. No, no, but like when, you, like when you clarify to them in a nice way, you're not gonna go, oh, I'm not gonna shake your hand. No, I'm not allowed to. You understand? Of course, you're gonna look. Uh, it's out of respect. And I seen in yeah. the video someone he had uh, flowers like yeah, the, and the, gave the it. music poem. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Just, and, and he said, "Look, I'm sorry, my religion." And they really respect yeah, that. Yeah. Honestly, like a lot of people respect that. You know, uh, and the only people, the only people that I know that said it's permissible are people that like a lot of scholars spoke about them, and they said, "Look, listen, this is not correct." You understand? This is not right. And I believe it's just it's just basically if we made it clear. If we made a general knowledge, and by us, how we can make a general knowledge is by every Muslim not shying away from it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like saying, look, this is it, this is what Islam teaches, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you. And our women are not allowed to shake the men's hand, and us, yeah. we're not allowed to shake, you know what I mean? Whether you're Muslim or not Muslim, I'm not, I'm not allowed to if you're a woman, yeah. you know? And it's out of respect, you know what I mean? You're sacred, you know? And then you can, we, we always bring a, uh, bring a, uh, that example, I, I heard a lot of Muslims use it. Like, no, uh, more than queens. They say, they, they say our women are like are like pearls. You know what I mean? You can't get to them. You can't touch them easy. You know what I mean? It's not easy to touch them. You understand what I'm trying to say? You know, they, it's hard to get to them. You know what I mean? But to be honest with you, it is cringy, but like it's the honest truth. Like it is. You know what I mean? It is the truth. Yeah. Mm. That's basically it. So uh, a minute ago you were saying riddles. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. He was giving some, some, some uh, brain teasers. I'm not very good at brain teasers. My brain is very slow. Hmm. The process is slow. But, but, but it processes. Don't forget that. <laughs> hey. Okay. So here's one, okay? What <laughs> this is for the audience as well, yeah? For you so, guys as well, yeah? Yeah, keep, keep, keep an eye out and, uh, you know, comment section below. Mm, yeah. All right. Good. So, what runs but doesn't work? Runs mm -hmm. but doesn't work. Yes. What runs but doesn't work? Oh, one looks so stupid. <laughs> it runs. Yes. It runs. Water. No? Yes. Yeah. Because you say like the river runs through this uh, thing, and, but it doesn't walk through it, you know? Yeah. Uh, water runs from the thing. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I got so it. do you want some new ones or do you want some of the ones we were uh, discussing, you know, before? Go on, get, give us new ones. I knew. Keep it exciting, yeah. Alright, I'm trying the to think. Uh, <laughs> how about this? How about mm. this? It's in, it's in Arabic, but it's always translated. It's like. It's like Medinatun Hamra, right? So it's it's a it's a city that is red, with walls that are green. Oh, I just see. Right? I don't even know. And, I don't even know the answer. And it's it's people are black. Yeah. And its key is from metal. What is it? What am I? What? So it's a city that is red, right? Inhabitants are black. The walls are green, and the 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 key. Is found is metal. A watermelon. Sharp watermelon. Mm -hmm. yeah. There you go. You got it right. It's one of them cheesy. I, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What has? Let's see. What has seven letters? Okay. And is letters. No, I would have just. I'm trying to like remember this like correctly. Okay. It has seven letters, and it is. 
No, you guys think of one in the Netherlands. I'll try to get the words like yeah. So think of one in the Netherlands. I I don't know. I'm not going to put it. Okay, for one, I'm gonna ask you one. Yeah. So, what walks in the morning go for? Walks in. The, okay, this is for the audience. Yeah. What walks in the morning on four, in the afternoon on two, and in the evening on three? And the numbers refer to the limbs. So it walks on four limbs in the morning, two limbs in the afternoon, and three limbs in the evening. And whoever guesses the right answer in the comment section, we're going to give them a shout out. Yeah. Inshallah ta'ala. Yeah, it's a clock. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a clock. Yes. It's definitely mm-hmm. not a clock. Mm-hmm. Everything is a clock. <laughs> How about this? How about this? Yeah. Who is the First martyr in Islam, right? Don't don't answer it, right? So I'll give you the options. I'll give you the options. You're not allowed to answer it. It's this is for the Why audience. Not? This is for the audience. Yeah. What if I don't know the answer? So if you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. You know, we'll keep we'll keep it to the, to, for the next episode. For the I'll, episode ask, I'll ask the question as well. Okay. So the first martyr in Islam, and your options are number one is it Hamza, the uncle of Prophet Muhammad Sallam. Is it a um, is it a slave woman, right? So is it a woman, a slave woman? Or the third option is a the first martyr in Islam. So we said, is it Hamza? Is it a slave woman? Or is it Ali bin Abi Talib? Man, you should, that's, that's the easy part. You should have just given the names and said. What do you think? What do you mean? You should have just said the names and said. Oh, a, is it Hamza? Too late now. <laughs> is it, it Sumaya, the slave woman? You know? Or uh, is it Ali bin Abi Talib? And obviously, when you give the answer, you have to give the reason why they were uh, killed. Yeah, mm. the, th- the three of them were killed. Okay. Yeah. okay, who is the first of them? The first martyr in Islam ever. Okay, okay. I have another question. How yeah. old was uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas when the Prophet died? Oof, okay, that's difficult. He was young. I know he was young. Anyway. Yeah, but like yeah. when you hear stories about him, you think he's like an old man. Yeah, no, he, he was young. He was young, and he's uh, one of the most Sahaba that knows the Tafsir of the Quran. The explanation of the Quran. He was very young. Subhanallah. Yeah, is this for us or for the, for the audience? For you, you, you know. I'm gonna guess. Thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> only yes. Alright, so this is a riddle for you guys and for the audience. Yeah. Um. So this thing has seven letters. Okay. It's stronger than God. It's more evil than. Stronger than. Stronger than God, and okay. it's more evil I than know, the devil. I know the answer. Seven letters. Mm-hmm. Stronger than God and. More evil than the devil. Come on, it's Seven letters. Mm-hmm. So easy. Dave. Stronger than God. Mm-hmm. And more evil than the devil. More evil than the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused. Like so it's so easy. Seven letters. It's so easy, bro. Are you sure? What? Come on. You're kicking yourself when you're. Probably so like. The first one. The first statement should already okay, shake you. One second. One second. One second. Wait. What is stronger than God, Dave? Stronger than God. What is stronger than God? Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. The word nothing has seven letters. Oh, nothing is stronger than God, and nothing is uh, more evil than God. Right. Okay. Okay. Now you get it. Okay. Now you get it. Okay. Okay. That was good. That was good. Good. Muhammad. Mhm. Akhil Aziz. Yes, sir. Right. When it comes to distracting yourself, right, from falling into a haram. What would you do? What advice would you give? What what things would you distract yourself from falling into haram? Having like, a hobby, I think, is definitely uh, for people who sort of are like, uh, for anyone who basically is uh, having difficulty with this, 
I'd say just having a hobby, having something to do, something that's fun, something that can you can basically enjoy and do, um, that would make you basically not think of doing things that are impermissible in Islam. So just having a hobby, find something, I don't know, gaming, movies, uh, the sport, gym, just something that you enjoy, you know? But having bro, hobbies, see, see right. the mad thing is, yeah, yeah, a lot of the hobbies, you mentioned sports, gym, a lot of them... Why do you guys say gym, gym, like... I don't know, bro, gym, let the gym add it, maybe that influences it. For example, like the gym, right? Not the gym, the gym, <laughs> yeah? You could go to the gym and then, like... I personally in college, I avoid the gym, and I think for, you know why. Everyone knows why. You know what I mean? But like you see women in there wearing revealing clothes. But depends on time. This is not that special. Well, like I, I, I started going to the performance gym, which and not the performance gym, the, the team's gym. The underground one. Uh, the underground one because yeah. I found it a lot better. But like you know, like there's always evil in it. You know what I mean? Gaming as well. Now you play games. You see, they make bleeding anim that wear like revealing clothes and like subhanallah. Huh? Anime. So Ad- did you just say anime? Animation. It's anime. 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 Oh, did, did, did you actually say oh, anime? Oh, that's what you said. Anime. Oh. You know what that shows? That shows that I don't watch these things. I know. Oh my. It's anime. anime. Oh, I that's what he meant. M I M E. A N I M E. It's anime. That's how you pronounce it. A N I M E. Anime. Yeah. Anime is anime. Yeah, that's how you say it. Anime. A N I. M-E N-A-T-E What? No, no, A-N-I-M-E That's the word you wanted to say, right? Yeah. That's pronounced anime Oh, anime, oh my yeah. god <laughs> Oh, wow <laughs> No, anime <laughs> Anime, anime, anime Yeah, anime Yeah, 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 yeah. Anime. Oh, what did you hear the anime? Oh, no, 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 no. I thought I had the tea. I thought 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 throw like haram things in them, you know, like characters, women characters. For example, Fortnite, right? Mm. That has like a lot of bad characters and to be honest with you, that still affects the heart, you know? Like, is there something good that you can busy yourself with that doesn't have haram To be honest, look, wherever you go, no matter what you do, even like the most basically sort of conservative Muslim country you can think of, there's always, these haram things are always going to be there, right? There, it's one of those, you can decide to basically shut yourself off in the world and live like a monk, but Mm. There's, like, if you do that, like, like your life is going to have no happiness, right? And that's not what Islam teaches, right? The thing is to just basically do what you can, do your best, and uh, if you fall into something that's, like, like a haram and you know, like, it's a sin, just make tawbah, you know? Don't, like, basically do your best and don't, mm-hmm. the religion is easy and nobody basically makes it a burden on himself except that it will overcome it, right? Mm-hmm. So just do your best. Well, uh, I, I, I think don't worry, don't be, don't be too stressed about this. You know? mm. worry, but don't think always about the punishment of Allah. Think about Allah's mercy. Well, I think there's a hadith quotes or something where Allah says, "My mercy overcomes my punishment." So don't be overly basically uh, rigid and sort of strict and overburdening yourself. Do it, do your best, enjoy your life, but at the same time, like have your boundaries. You know? That's what I think. So, you see the way yeah. you, a minute ago we were actually speaking before we shot the podcast, and you were mm-hmm. saying 
that you need to have a balance between fear and love. Yes. How do you keep that? You see the way, like you, you said, okay, <laughs> just make tawbah, you know what I mean? Allah is merciful. How do you balance between that? Because a lot of people <laughs> fall into irja, you know, when it comes to that. What's irja? Irja is basically like, no matter what someone does, ah, it's okay, Allah is all, <laughs> you know what I mean? The girls that don't wear the hijab, ah, my hijab is in my heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you understand? I'm trying yeah. to say, oh, Allah is all merciful anyway. Like, for example, I was watching. <laughs> my jab is in my heart. <laughs> Bro, I was watching a video yesterday that's mad. You know, uh, it's like, I'm a Muslim, but I'm a tattoo it's artist. Flight. I'm a Muslim, but I'm a tattoo artist. I clicked on What the hell is this like? Clicked on it, and then I went straight away to the comment section. It's like, in the comments, there were non-Muslims that were commenting on it. And it's like, you know Islam forbids tattoos. And you even said it yourself in the video, you know? Um, it's like you're saying you're a vegan, but you eat and drink. You know what I mean? Like, you, you drink milk and you eat meat. You know what I mean? It just contradicts it. But at the same time, you had these people like, Ah, oh, it's okay. Allah is all merciful. Allah is... You, you understand what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, so I think how you, what you should do is basically don't like be... Choose your balance. Yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always a balance, right? Live your life basically without being overly basically rigid and fearful all the time. Um, obviously, like have your fun and do all of that. But at the same time, don't like basically be overly... Um, Overly flippant, I think, with mm. basically toba and everything. It, the yeah. toba is there basically, if this is like my view, where if you basically fall into a mistake, then it's there, obviously, Allah is Ghafur Rahim. But don't be overly reliant on that and like basically take that as an institution to do whatever you want. Another thing you know? we can mention mm. uh, is that toba, not, it's not only for when you commit a sin and you ask Allah for forgiveness, but you can do it every time because there's some things that we do that we just don't, we don't, know, we don't know. Don't really do fall into haram. Yeah. 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 No, so the past time I'm used to seek tawbah over hundred times a day. Yeah. So there's a ayah in the Quran that says, "In tajtanibu kabair ma tunhauna ankum nukafir ankum sayyatum." If you stay away from the major sins, your minor sins will be forgiven. Yeah. So for basically, I think I, I have personal experience with this. If you kind of look at every single minor tiny thing you do and you make tawbah for it, it ends up taking over your, your, yeah. your day and you're going to be depressed. So. Just for, focus on staying away from the major sins and doing your salah because the salah well, wipes out all the sins that's in between them. Salah, I think there's a hadith, sorry. Yeah, from, 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 uh, from salah, salah, from Jum'ah to Jum'ah. Yeah. So like I said, just like don't... Exactly. So stay focus on staying away from the big major sins and your minor sins, they're obviously Allah is going to take yeah, They're going to be taken care of. Just focus on staying away from the major sins. And nobody's perfect. You're, yeah. you're gonna fall. Nobody's gonna be like a, an angel, right? Oh, no way. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Is so, this, this dua? I forgot the Arabic, but we, the English is like, "Oh Allah, forgive my sins that uh, I know I don't know, the hidden, the uh, seen, the private stuff." Mm. Do you mm. know that dua? It's, it's in Athkar in the morning. Athkar and Athkar Sabah. Yeah. Like the like the only one I, that I know that it's it, that yeah. has. To do with sins is the one about shirk. Oh Allah, forgive me. Uh, no, Allah, I seek refuge in you and, and committing shirk in you that I know and shirk that I don't know. No, no, you know? Not, no. And there's one, Allah, no, that's different. That's completely different. But, uh, Muhammad, uh, you talked, you said, uh, even if you uh, stay in the most conservative Muslim country, you'll still fall into sins, which is an actual fact, you know? No, but, there's no. Utopia in this world. It's always, it's always there. Even in the Prophet, in the Prophet Muhammad um, you find that basically examples of like of hadith of basically a certain like Sahabi committing a certain act and then like this being brought to Prophet So there's no such thing as a sinless society or a perfect place. You know, there's always, it's always basically, if we didn't it's always sin, there. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the hadith, yeah, if uh, if, if you didn't sin. He would change you with people that would sin and ask him for forgiveness and he would forgive them, you know? I think it's actually, uh, it's worth 
this time since we're speaking about Tawbah to talk about the, the four conditions of Tawbah. Mm. You to make, for you to make sincere Tawbah that is going to be accepted, number one, you have to regret what you've done. No, number one, sorry, you have to make Tawbah. You ask Allah to forgive you. Oh, Allah forgive you. you. Regret what you've done. You sincerely regret it, right? And then you promise, so you stop it, you stop it, and you promise that you never go back to do it again. So number one, ask Allah to forgive you. Allah forgive me. You regret it. You stop doing it. And you promise that you never go back and do it again. Mm. Sincere repentance. And never do this again. Even if you go back and you do it again, you still repent. You come with okay. these four things. You know what I mean? Sincerely. Mm. And you go back and you will. You might actually do it again. And you keep doing it. You keep doing it. But every time you do it, repent sincerely. And don't ever think, oh, I'm a munafiq now. Or, or I'm a hypocrite. You know? Don't let the shaitan get to you and make you believe that Allah is not going to forgive you because you've done it, you've done it too many times. No. Always stick to your tawbah. The only time you lose is when you think that Allah is not going to forgive you. That's the actual loss. You know? There's and an additional condition for a sin that involves the rights of people. So for example, if you yes. if you it's to return the fifth condition basically of uh, in adding to the four that you mentioned is yes. to return the right. So if you basically, if you've uh, stolen something, you return what you've stolen. If you mm. basically harm somebody, you like ask that person to uh, forgive, you. forgive you and all yeah. that. Um, so yeah, and that's actually something that you should basically keep be very mindful of. Allah is Ghafoor Rahim. He'll mm. forgive any sin that if you ask him sincerely. But the sins of the pe of against people, like so committing, like oppressing people, persecuting people, harming them in any way, that can be held against you until the day of judgment. You know? So just be very careful about that. You can these, take your uh, deeds. Like. Yeah, there's a yeah. So like people can take your good deeds and add their bad deeds to you if you basically harm them uh, on the day of judgment. So be very careful of basically harming people. There's actually a very powerful hadith to address this exact same topic. Prophet Muhammad asked the Sahaba, "Do you know? Do you know who the who the bankrupt one is?" The bankrupt person, yeah. you know, they said for us a bankrupt person is He has he has no property, he doesn't own anything, and he has no money. That's the bankrupt person. And he says the bankrupt person in Islam is the one who comes on the day of judgment with deeds that are like mountains, good deeds that are like mountains. But you know, he he slagged this person, he backbited this person, he harmed this person, you know, he uh, he made he made fitna between two people. And then this guy takes from his good deeds, and this guy takes from his good deeds, until if all of his good deeds finish, and then what will happen is Allah will start taking from their bad deeds and putting it onto him until he's thrown in, he's thrown into the hellfire. You know what I mean? So uh, what what my brother mentioned here was the sins that have to do with the people. The condition, which is the fifth condition, is uh, this fly is really annoying me, man. The fifth condition is. Uh, you have to go and seek forgiveness from them. As my brother Muhammad said, if you rob something, you return it. If you backbite someone, the scholars, they say, if you're not able to go and, uh, uh, and apologize to him because you feel that it, uh, uh, the situation might become worse, you know, when you confess to that person that, listen, I backbited you in this, in this situation with these kind of people. Actually, what you do is you go and you, and you say good things about him in the same majlis with the same people. You know what I mean? Um, so on that topic of backbiting, um, the... What I remember like I researched this back a while ago and what I found was that if what you've said about that person hasn't reached the person um, mm. it's actually better to not mention the fact that you backbit him right it's only if you backbit that person and they've heard like what you've said yeah. that you go and basically uh, try to seek forgiveness so okay. it's obviously like you know you're gonna cause more harm if they haven't heard about it yeah. and then you say oh I'll backbit you yeah. so just in that situation um, make your toba and I guess try to make du'a for that person or whatever. Just don't like, uh, don't tell them that you're back with them if they don't know that you're back with them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Zakallah khair. Yes. Zakallah khair. Mm -hmm. I want to shift the conversation mm -hmm. again. You mentioned a, uh, 
a country that is conservative to an extent. And I remember you went to Umrah and uh, you, you were speaking to me at the time. That was how many? That was 2018, 2017? Uh, yeah, 17 going, no, 18 going to 19. It was yeah. a few years ago anyway. No, actually, no, last, okay, year. Last, last year. year yeah, last year. <laughs> I remember you speaking to me about it and you, were, you loved it because I remember at the time I always wanted to move to a, a, a country that has less fitting, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, what was the experience like? You went to Umrah, you were going to Umrah. Yeah, so um, I stayed in Medina for most of the time and then obviously went to Mecca for the actual Umrah and then came back. Um, so I was there for about two weeks and what I found is it was a... It was like a... The, what I saw was basically an economically well-developed uh, city with like, you know, it's a nice place to live, I think. Um, but it also had like all the Islamic values that you wouldn't like basically necessarily see here. So you'd hear the Adhan, um, you'd basically just feel that you're in a Muslim society. Uh, so you have that, but you also have the fact that it's like, it's well, it's not like uh, you don't have the problem of like poverty that you wouldn't, you see in some other Muslim countries. Mm. Um, so that's what I liked about it, you know, that's what I liked about what it. What was your experience like? It was, uh, it's beautiful. It's very spiritual. You feel very, and obviously there's a, it's just, it's a nice experience. I haven't been, I haven't been yet. I recommend it uh, if you like, get a chance. I, I went to a few countries before, you know, I went on holidays, a few different spots, nice spots. And I have to say, the nicest trip I've ever taken was Umrah, going to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Saudi Arabia. Although, when you go to that place, you see, as, uh, as Muhammad mentioned, the city is nice, has lovely buildings, but once you're out the city, it's mountains, desert. You know what I mean? You, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? But the main thing that caught me, bro, the spirituality there. It was amazing, bro. I went during the time of Ramadan. And the good thing about going Umrah during Ramadan is that it is... It, the, the ajr or the reward is equivalent to you going hajj equivalent to the equivalent to the reward of hajj pilgrimage you know and what is the reward of hajj but uh wallahi i don't know That's from one of there's a hadith that says uh, the person who goes oh, on a hajj yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, he returns uh, all his sins are yeah. gone he still is like his mother just born yes, exactly. uh, gave birth <laughs> sorry 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 <laughs> Sorry, uh, I thought there was more to it, you know, but that's the basic one. That's the basic one. But, bro, just the atmosphere was amazing. Like, I went there most of the time and didn't need to buy food. Like, the generosity, I've never seen generosity like that anywhere, to be, to be honest, bro. Like, each family has control of a certain area in the masjid, right? When once it's at that time, the, the, they start serving, you know, they start giving dates, they start yeah, giving the food. Residents. Uh, the residents around the area, they take control of every spot for example this family controls this area this family controls that area you know what i mean they put like a sufra on the ground i don't know what the sufra is called in a English. carpet right it's like it's like something made out of um, a a uh, mat yeah. classic mat basically yeah they lay down the food they give up free food bro everywhere everywhere and then once the adhan call uh, once it's time for salah you have the workers that pick up everything and they clean the masjid within like this you know what i mean and that place can hold up to three million people i believe or two million people no, i think it was five hundred thousand. No, it's millions. No, it's much more. Hajj is like bro, two, like, three million. Uh, no, are you not talking about Prophet Muhammad? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the Mecca, the Haram al Mecca. You know, uh, can hold like millions of people, and within five minutes, it's like this. And then the spirituality, bro. You stand up to pray, to pray taraweeh. You know, you are listening to Maher Mu'iqili or like people that you always listen to back home on YouTube. You know what I mean? Then they're like, I'm actually standing behind this guy, and he's leading me. You know what I mean? And then the dua they do, bro, just, I don't think I've ever cried as much as when I went there, you know? And then there's a lot of actions, a lot of acts of worship that you can't do usually. For example, circulating around the Kaaba, That's you know? Right. Which each one is like equivalent to a rak'ah, you know, when you circulate around the Kaaba. For example, like Shaitan Rajim, leaving a Quran there as waqf. Quran, you put it there as charity, people read it after you get ajr. 
until you die. And like as long as that Quran is there and people continue to benefit from it. You leave a chair and people, like old people, sit on it. You know what I mean? Like a little foldable chair you buy from the from the pharmacy and then you just leave it there. You know? So many poor people there. That's one thing that really shocked me and surprised me. A lot of poor people there. And there's one thing you could do is you go to a restaurant and you give the money, you're like, I want you to give out food to the poor people. You give the money, they call out, they're like, yeah, look, and then the poor people they make a queue and then he starts giving them sandwiches. He has them pre-made for people that want to give charity. They give charity, he starts giving them out to the people. You understand? Another thing is you give out water. Your Prophet says the best of charity is water. You know what I mean? Uh, in the hadith, you could just fill up zamzam water and you give to the to the mu'tamirin, people that are doing umrah. You know, uh, of course it was Ramadan settings, but the people that come and do umrah generally, they just landed. So most of the time they're the ones that uh, that are not fasting because you know it's not obligatory for you to fast when um, you're uh, when you're traveling. You know, so it's hot bro it's proper hot and you're there giving them some water and they do the nicest dua for you and the most sacred place you know may may, may allah bless you with, with with you know with with water drinking water from the hands of prophet you know what i mean from zamzam like uh, or sorry not from zamzam from the coast it's like the most beautiful dua bro there's so many good things you can do there it's so nice i loved it and then also you can sit in halaqat ilm something that is so rare here you sit in knowledge circles people that are you know what i mean the actual scholars like you know, scholars that have dedicated their whole lives to, to studying. And subhanAllah, bro, the thing that really, like, destroyed me there was the fact that there's so many things to do and you just don't have time to sleep. Wallah, you have no time to sleep. Because why? When you pray there, your salah is multiplied. I think it's like 100,000. Yeah, yeah, so a salah in the uh, message of the Nabi, sallallahu in Medina, is equivalent to 1,000 salahs in another place. It's 10,000, I think. Uh, I think it's 1,000. And then in Mecca, or in uh, in, in the message yeah. in Haram in Mecca, yeah, yeah. it's equivalent to 100,000 salahs in uh, elsewhere. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Yeah. So imagine that. And you don't want to miss any obligatory salah. And you want to do all of your sunnah because you're like, this is an opportunity. I'm not here all my life, not all the time. You know, like one salah here could be like the same edge as all of my salawat, all my prayers, my whole life. You don't want to miss the sunnah, you don't want to miss the obligatory salah in the haram. You know what I mean? You don't have time to go back home, bro. You understand? You know? And then the other thing is, after every obligatory salah, every single obligatory salah, there's janazah. You pray janazah. After every single obligatory salah, you're going to get janazah. And you know the edge of janazah, if you pray on a janazah, and you walk with them until they bury the janazah, right? There is qiratain. You know what I mean? There is qirat is equivalent to mountain Mount Uhud. You know what I mean? Of Hasanat. Mount Uhud is huge, bro. You know what I mean? It's huge. Maybe. It's not like Tiknok. Let's say Tiknok Mountain. It's big, man. It's huge. It's so much bigger than that. You know? Equivalent of that, two of them. You know what I mean? In Hasanat. It could be working your whole life and you don't get that. You know what I mean? You don't want to miss an opportunity there, bro. So it's, it's so good. It's so good. I, I haven't been there, unfortunately. People assume that I've been to Saudi Arabia. I haven't gone for Omar yet. But inshallah, very soon, very soon, inshallah. May Allah bless you, inshallah, with uh, visiting the the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bidnillah, Okay, uh, it's 58 minutes now. <laughs> you know, nearly an hour. Should we call it? Should have, you, have you got anything more to add? Uh, anything specific you want to talk about? Anything to raise? Any topic you want to raise? Hmm. I can't think of anything to be honest. <laughs> Muhammad, Akhi, Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah for honoring us. Well, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. <laughs> out of nowhere, Muhammad called me today. I was like, Alhamdulillah, we found our guest. <laughs> no planning, no nothing. Straight away, chill. Yeah, it's very impromptu. 
الحمد لله الحمد لله جزاك الله خير الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد لله سو ستي تشود ان شاء الله وي انترفيو مور بيبل ان ذا نير فيوتشر وي هاف بلاند وي هاف جيستس ذات وي سبوك تو اند وي بلاند ستف وذ ذم بس ستي تشود اتس ا ماتر اوف جيتن ثينجز اورجنايز ذات ذا مين ثينج يو نو مين Uh, things from our side and obviously from the guest side the stuff organized with zoom calls and all that sort of jazz uh, so comment in the section below about the riddles that we mentioned you know and then inshallah we're going to start doing shout outs for the people who comment and yeah. of course give yeah. us feedback if you have any topics you want us to raise anything you want us to talk about please do let us know if you have any criticism do not hesitate yeah. because criticism really really benefits us and Umar bin Khattab says the most beloved people to me were the people that criticize me because What's my benefit from a person who sees me making a mistake or having an inconsistency and he doesn't raise my attention to it? So please let us know and I hope inshallah this episode was of beneficial to you. Jazakallah khairan guys. Thank you again. Like, comment, subscribe, share, all that user does. Hey, use your camera. Yeah, so yeah, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that stuff. And inshallah, keep, stay tuned for the next episode. Jazakallah khairan. محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته